I was reading yesterday about uh, the country of Nigeria. Uh, in the country of Nigeria, there have been over 70,000 Christians that have been slaughtered uh, at, the, at the hands of, of, of Muslim uh, radicals just because they're Christians. Seems like the world has been sort of silent. But I, I, in studying, studying that and realizing what, how we need to pray for our brothers and sisters, I realized that when the church began in the, in the first century, uh, much of the world was persecuting Christians. Do you know the church grew at its greatest rate during that kind of persecution? It really happened. You know, back in those days, in, in the early times of the church, when the Roman Empire, the Roman uh, Caesar would declare a time for persecution, Christians would try to, try to find other Christians so they would know where to go and pray or find out where a house of worship would be underground, you know. And they, they couldn't like wear crosses around their neck. That was the dead giveaway. So uh, they would like, they'd go around and if they saw somebody they thought was a Christian, they would make a little ark in the dirt. And if the other person made another ark that made it into a fish, they knew that they knew the fisherman named Jesus. Or they might scribble an anchor on the wall. There are a lot of, uh, of, of those that are scribbled in old, old ancient ruins. An, an anchor representing that Jesus was our anchor. And that might be a place where you would meet. But you know what? There was also a word that they would say. You know, around here, when, when, you, when you go somewhere and you know, if you go out of state or whatever, um, and, and you see somebody that, that, or maybe you see an Alabama tag on the car or whatever, you know, you'll go, hey, I'm from Alabama too. You know, it's like, you want to greet that person. Like, I don't know why it's important there, but it's just important to do that. Well, in, in early days, when Christians, maybe they weren't ready to do the, the fish or the anchor or whatever, and they wanted to say a word, early Christians began to say a word that's an Aramaic word. Now, Aramaic is the language Jesus spoke. It's, it's, it's a derivative of Hebrew. It's Aramaic is, is a language that Jesus spoke. But in the Roman Empire as a whole, nobody spoke Aramaic. So Christians would get together and they, they would say this word, Marana ta. Marana ta. And nobody knew what it meant but a Christian. And a Christian knew it meant in Aramaic, Come, Lord Jesus, come, Lord. And if it was a prayer, it would be, Lord, come. And if it was a, if a greeting, it would be, the Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. Well, back in, uh, back in the 70s, during the Jesus movement, Maranatha, which is the way we say it in English, in Alabama, that's, it's, it might have been Maranta, but we say Maranatha with a little wang. Oh, yeah, that was a greeting Christians had for one another. There were, it became a symbol. I had, a, I had bumper stickers with it. I had a t-shirt with it. You can sort of say, that, that's it. That's what it looked like. There were churches named Maranatha. There were uh, uh, groups named Maranatha. Maranatha music. There's all kind of Maranatha everything. Maranatha everything. And it was what Christians would do to greet one another. Maranatha, Maranatha. But you know, I, I don't hear that a whole lot now. Uh, most of the things that you know, then that was saying, hey, the Lord's coming back. People now are saying things like, oh, God, there's a recession coming. Or, or, or there's an election coming. And that's either scary or not scary, whatever. And, and they'll say things like, they, they, they're, they're more talking about looking forward to the recruiting for college football now. This is recruiting season. we got to do that. But, you know, in, in, in among early believers, 
Jesus is coming was a big deal. We sometimes don't like to talk about Jesus coming. Really, did you know that there is a chapter in 2 Peter Peter, that is dedicated only to the coming of Jesus? One full chapter. There's a lot in the scripture. Did you know that uh, one out of every 30 verses in the Bible mentions the end time or the coming of the Lord? Seems like it's a pretty important thing. But in 2 Peter chapter 3, it's all about that. And I'm just going to take that chapter and sort of take it apart for you today. And let's talk about Jesus coming back, okay? I think it's time to do that. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. This is my second letter to you, dear friends. And in both of them, I have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the holy prophet said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through the apostles. Now, what he's about to do when he writes this letter to 2 Peter, he's saying, I want to tell you what was important to them. I want to remind you. I want to refresh your memory. I want you to think wholesomely. I want you to, in other words, I need you to think right right now. I need you to get your brain together and think right. And this is, this is, um, He was talking about what the apostles had said, what Jesus had said. You know, a lot of people don't want to talk about those things. For some people, when you talk about the second coming of Jesus, it scares them to death. Don't talk about that. That scares me. People in the church say that sometimes. Oh, no, don't talk about that. It scares me. Or people say, well, it's just too difficult to explain, and and the timeline is so unusual. It's It's just too deep, too deep. We don't need to get into that. For some people, it's just an iffy proposition. I don't know if he's coming or not. Maybe his coming is just symbolic. When you ask Jesus in your heart, that is the second coming. There's some people that think that. That's not true either. For others, it's just not really important right now. Are you kidding? It is important right now. Peter's trying to say, I want to remind you to pay attention to the big stuff right now. And he begins to talk about it, the return of Jesus Look at what, this is what Jesus said. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. Right? How about what the angel said? This same, uh, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. What about the apostle John among all the apostles? What about what John said? Look, he is coming in the clouds and every eye will see him. Sounds like pretty important stuff to me. Sounds like it's a real important stuff. It's a good idea to keep our minds and our spirits on God's calendar and not just on our calendar. We're to be looking forward to the coming of Jesus, not to ignore, not to ignore his coming because his coming is full of eternal consequences. Here's the next verse. Listen to what he says, 2 Peter 3.3. More importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come. I love that word, don't you? Scoffers. Mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, 
What happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the time of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. That's true. There, there are a lot of people that scoff and say Jesus isn't coming back. Sure, it's just a myth. Eh, it's been the same. I've heard it many times. Oh, it's always, yeah, people are always saying that, trying to raise money off TV preachers. They're always saying that kind of stuff. Just a myth. But look at the next passage. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by word of his command, and he brought forth the earth from water and surrounded it with water, and then he used that same water to destroy the ancient world with a flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They're being kept for the day of judgment when the ungodly will be destroyed. <laughs> Man, he said, hey, people made fun of Noah. And boy, did they regret that. Now they're gonna make fun of you. And it's coming not this time by water, next time it says by fire. By fire. Peter reminds us that that same mindset will be with us in the last days. In the last days, people will say, where is the promise of his coming? How about what Jesus himself said? Look at this. Watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Do not let that day catch you unaware like a trap, for the day will come upon everyone living on earth. Oh, it keeps going, I'm sorry. Keep alert at all times. Pray that you might be strong enough to escape the coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. That's pretty clear, isn't it? It's pretty clear. Jesus said, don't be caught unaware. Okay, let me tell you, for 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament, before Malachi and Matthew, it was 400 years. During that time, the Jews were looking for the Messiah to come. The Messiah was the great leader God was gonna send from heaven. He was gonna be the great leader that was gonna deliver them from Rome, from their oppressors. And so there were two groups of people that developed. One was called the Pharisees. You've heard of them. The Pharisees were the guys that um, they believed that the Messiah was coming. But they believed the only way he was going to come is for all the people to be good enough and to keep the law just so perfectly, all the law, keep all the rules, plus some that are not even in the Bible. Just keep all the rules, and God would say, all right, you deserve the Messiah now. Woo, and he's going to send Messiah. He's going to be a great military leader, and he's going to deliver you from the Roman Empire. Then there was another group of people called the Sadducees. The Sadducees were sort of the, the ultra-liberals of the day. They didn't believe the scripture was even true about prophecies. They didn't believe the prophets. They just said, you know, Judaism is just our culture. We just need to be good Jews. And let's just try to blend in with the Roman Empire and just get what we can get down here because that's it. Because they didn't believe in heaven. They didn't believe in hell. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in miracles. So the Pharisees were expecting a military leader to show up. The Sadducees weren't expecting anything, and the Messiah showed up, and they both missed it. He showed up not as a military leader to deliver them from Rome, but to deliver them from their sins. And the Sadducees, he showed up doing miracles. They're not even supposed to believe in that. They didn't even believe in angels. 
Isn't it amazing? The religious people of the day were so taken away by their own stuff, their own ideas, that they missed the coming of the Messiah. I feel like we live in the same world today. On one hand, and this is true, on one hand, you have some people that they, they are just pretty much cultural Christians. Just, you know what? Christianity is just a wonderful place to fellowship. We don't need to worry about the Bible so much. We just need to blend in with the world, be like the world is. And just, and just Jesus is such a sweet thing, and isn't Christmas fun, that kind of thing. That's true. They think it's a fantasy. The coming of the Lord is a fantasy, a fable. And then there are those people, you know, genuine believers, who really are looking for the second coming of Christ so much, they've got it all figured out. They've got timelines, and they just totally figured out, it is done, this is how it's going to be. And, and so they got a checklist. This sign has happened, this sign has happened, this sign has happened. And they are so focused on the sign, they don't know their neighbor's name. I remember, um, I, I remember growing up and hearing a lot about the coming of the Lord and Maranatha was the big word and I remember there were people that got in fights over when the rapture was going to happen. I mean, fist fights. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I love looking to see what signs have been fulfilled. I love that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. But God has said it's in his timetable, not ours. God, at any time he wants to, can put his finger on the pause button, pause for a thousand years if he wants to. That's up to him. You say, well, everybody in every generation thought he was coming. Well, that's a good thing. It changes the way you live. But one day he's going to show up. He really is. I remember when I was a, this is the truth, I was a junior in high school, and I heard a preacher uh, on, on, I wasn't on the radio, but it was somewhere this preacher was preaching, and he said he had it figured out that Jesus had to come before the year 1977 because this prophecy and this prophecy, and he said, if he doesn't come before 1977, God is a liar. Whew. Let me tell you what. God is not a liar, and he's still coming. He's still coming. Look at verse 8. Peter talks about this. But you must not forget one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. And in verse 10 it says, But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Talking about global warming that's the real global warming right there. God's going to do it his way. The fire of God's judgment. So, two things from just this passage in, in Peter. Two things are very obvious. One, Jesus is definitely going to return. Number two, we cannot know when his return is. Please make sure you know those things. So where does that leave us? Well, Peter tells us exactly where it leads us. Look at verse 11. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. <laughs> if you know the Lord's coming back, what does it do? What does it do inside of you? Man, I need to stay ready. I need to be ready. I need to stay ready. I do. 
I want to be ready. I remember uh, years ago, uh, some of you might remember this, back, I think when like answer machines first came out in your houses, you know, and, and uh, somebody would leave a message on the answer machine, and it was back in the late 80s or 90s or whatever, there was somebody that was sending messages, just robo-messages to everybody that said, and it was this little girl, and she said, uh, came on and says, ready or not, Jesus is coming. Some of you might remember that. Ready or not, Jesus is coming. And it freaked people out. And, and everybody said, ooh, I wonder if that's, the, that's an angel that did that to all. Well, maybe it did or maybe it didn't. Some people, it, it freaked them out or whatever, but at least that girl's heart was in a good place. Ready or not, Jesus is coming. Truth, truth. So what is our duty? What is our duty? To live godly, holy lives. Hey, but it's not just that. I want you to look at the next verse. Listen to this. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Okay, I want to just tell you this. Back in the 1990s, when the Gulf War started, y'all remember that, the Saddam Hussein Gulf War thing. Um, there, were, there was a night where uh, missiles were shot out of Iraq to Israel. And we know in the scripture, there's this, it talks about the nations around Israel attacking them in the last days and all this. And so those missiles are coming, and we're all on TV watching this thing. And they don't know if they're nuclear, they don't know what they are. My phone starts ringing. Is this it? And I'm going, I think it is. <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you, we never had that many people at church on Sunday. That next Sunday, the church was packed. Packed. But, but why was that not a good thing? By the way, this just came off. I'll stick it in my pocket. Why is that not a good thing? Well, it was a good thing in that people came to the house of God to hear his word. Well, what did God do? God, in 1990, put a, put a pause button. How many of you came to Jesus since the 1990s? Yeah. Thank the Lord. The pause button, God can do that. God is not slow in his promise. He's just patient because he wants everybody to have a chance to come to him. And whose duty is that? That's ours. That's ours. <clears throat> our job is to tell the world about Jesus. It's the great commission. That's our great mission to do. If you know the Lord's coming back, come Lord Jesus then I'm gonna be aware of my neighbor who doesn't know the Lord. I'm gonna be looking for that a whole lot more than I am looking for a sign. Yeah, let me just look at my neighbor and say, would you come to Jesus? Because I know he's coming back. I know he's coming back. Look at what else Peter said in 2 Peter 3, 14. So, dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember, the Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. I love that. You remember the, you remember the parable Jesus told about the virgins, that they had lamps with oil? And some of them, their oil ran out. And all of a sudden, the bridegroom came and their lights had gone out. Jesus told that parable 
so that you would realize we don't know when the bridegroom comes. We don't know when Jesus is coming. But he says, keep your lamps full. What is that oil in your lamp? The Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? He makes you a light to those around you so they can see the light. It's your job to be the light and full of God's Holy Spirit because Jesus is coming. And we don't know when, but he's coming. He's coming. In my lifetimes, we've seen loads of prophecies fulfilled. We really have. Biblical prophecies. We've seen loads of them. Loads of them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with seeing those signs. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with noticing those things. Israel becoming a nation again and all kinds of different things have happened many times. And we've seen God pause the button, pause the button several times. One sign that he said had to be fulfilled before the end was that the gospel be preached to every nation. That hadn't happened yet, but it's going to be. Peggy and I were just talking about this other day. Peggy said, I wonder if with AI being created, I wonder if God's going to even use that to, to make sure the gospel gets translated into every language really quickly. Isn't that amazing? Just think about what God has done in that. Just in our lifetime, think about all the ways the gospel has gone out through film and movie and on the internet and all those things. It's God getting people ready for his return. I believe that. We need to be aware of the times. We need to be aware of prophetic signs. There's nothing wrong with that. But we can't live just doing that. That's not the main thing. The main thing is the duty we have to give the gospel to those who do not know him. We gotta keep the main thing the main thing. The good news of, of prophecies being fulfilled is one thing, but the good news to people who don't know the Lord in Shelby County and beyond is our job. That's the truth. That's our job, not to figure out who the Antichrist is and what the mark of the beast is gonna look like and when the temple's gonna be rebuilt because there was a red heifer born in Kazakhstan. That is not our job to figure out. Our job, God will make the signs happen. We don't make them happen. But our job is to get the gospel to those who don't know Jesus. You wanna hurry the coming of Jesus? Let's get the word out. Let's get the word out. Let's get the word out. Okay, so it comes down to this. Here are the three things that we know. Ready? Jesus is definitely gonna return. Number two, we cannot know when he will return. And number three, we have the great commission to fulfill. Those are the three things that I am positively sure of this morning. Timing, I have no idea. Do I think it's close? Yeah. Could I be wrong? Yeah. If I'm wrong, it just gives more people a chance to come to Jesus. It's true. Could this be the year? Yes, it could. Or are we going to be so busy living in our earthly world, our empire on earth, gathering things to ourselves, making sure we have enough retirement when our souls are not even ready for eternity? That's the truth. Could it be next year? Yes, it might. I want to tell you this story. I, I had a real close friend in the first grade. Uh, I've, I'd known him all his life, been to all his little birthday parties. His name was Russell. And Russell, uh, Russell was in, the, he was in the first grade with me. And one day, uh, he, he, he showed up at school and he could not hear. 
He had had a virus that had gone to his ears and had made him deaf. He was 100% deaf just overnight. And it was, it was a frightening thing. And so Russell, uh, after a few months, they, they, he and his mother moved off so that he could go to a school and he learned uh, to read lips uh, to be able to mainline in school later. And so he spent years and years until he was in, probably in the eighth grade, he spent those years away in another state learning to read lips. And I remember when Russell came back and we were all glad to see him. We would see him in holidays or whatever, but we were so glad to see him. And it was during that Jesus movement time and we were having this big prayer meeting at one of the churches. And it was, I think it was a New Year's Eve actually. And we were talking, this could be the year the Lord comes back. And he goes, what? We said, this could be the year the Lord comes back. He's saying, comes back? And we're going, yeah, Jesus is coming back. He goes, the real Jesus? Yes. And he goes, oh, and it took his breath away. And he started crying. He goes, he's really coming back. We had never seen anybody that had grown up not knowing the Lord was coming back. And it overwhelmed him, changed his life, changed his life. And I, I will always remember the day Russell Nolan learned that Jesus was going to return. He loved Jesus, but he never, he thought about heaven, but he didn't know he was going to come back. To this day, there's nobody looking for Jesus more than Russell Nolan. I want to tell you something. The Bible says, he that has this hope in him, the hope of the coming of the Lord, purifies himself. If you know Jesus could come any day, you'll keep your oil in your lamp. You'll keep your life right with God. But if you feel like, nah, it's not that big a deal, you're going to get off and you're going to get dull and your hearts are going to become weak and you'll forget about the thing you're supposed to be remembering the most. Acts 1.11 says this. Jesus was about to be taken up into heaven and he, angel said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven but someday he will return from heaven the same way you saw him go. But we read what Jesus' last words to them were, not watch the sky till I come back. What was his last words? Go into all the world and preach the good news of the gospel. And I will be with you always, even until the end of days. And that's when he comes back. Folks, that's what our job is. That's what our hearts are like. That's what our job is. It's, true, it's a true statement. We can look for all the signs in the world, but if we don't know our neighbor's name next door that doesn't know Jesus, we can't fulfill his commission. I pray that in 2024, Jesus comes back. I want him to come, Lord Jesus. I hope it's 2024. And until you come, Lord, let me be a light. Let me be a light. Don't let me get down into what this world has to give me. Take it all, Lord. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Jesus, come. Maranatha. 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 Today, I really feel like there's two kinds of people in the room that may, 
may need prayer today. And those of you that are online, you may be in this group of two as well. There are people today that while I was talking about the coming of the Lord, it scared you to death because you know you're not ready to meet Jesus. You do not know him as your savior. You're not ready. You know your life is not ready to meet Jesus. And it scared you today. I didn't mean, I wasn't trying to scare you, but that wasn't me scaring you. That was the Holy Spirit saying, listen, listen. Today, we're gonna have an opportunity for you today to ask Jesus to come into your heart today and to change that whole mindset to where instead of you saying, I'm scared to death of this, you're saying, come Lord Jesus, because you know you'll be ready. And by the way, you can know that today when you leave. It's true. But I also believe there's some folks in the room who you know that your lamp, the oil is getting low. You know that, you know that you've, you've just forgotten about the most important thing. And God is right now saying, it's time for you to refill your oil lamp. It's time for you to get things straight with him. I believe the Lord is speaking to your heart today as well. And he may be speaking to the hearts of some of you right now that you say, well, I know I'm ready. But maybe God just put the, your neighbor, your friend, or your coworker on your mind saying, but they're not. And I don't want to go until they're ready. Somebody today will pray with you about that need, about that need of somebody that was on your heart. It may be your own family members. Come, Lord Jesus. The early Christians, the early Christians would meet and greet one another, not with, hey man, but Maranatha. Come, Lord. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Jesus is coming. It was a word of encouragement to make people remember to keep their oil lamps full. So today, on this last day of 2023, do you want to enter 2024 ready in every way? Do you want to enter ready in case the Lord comes back this year? I do. And I believe some of you too. Would you all stand with me? Would you just stand with me? Worship team is coming to uh, to sing. And we're going to sing this together. I, I, I ask you just to stay with me just a moment. Today could be a really important day. After this song, our prayer team is going to come and stand. And for those of you online, our prayer team is already waiting for you. You just say, pray for me. And they're going to pray with you. After this song, they're going to be here, and I want you to come. And I want you to meet with them, and I want you to say, i got to get my oil lamp full, or I've got to get my life right with God. I need Jesus in my heart today. Don't leave this place not ready to meet Jesus. He may come today. <laughs>